on this NSP short, Peter Tilly shares how being sick and tired of being sick and tired was the first step on his road to sobriety and a life full of daily meaning and purpose. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, we have that saying in the program, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And I woke up one day with another really bad hangover. It had gotten so bad, I was pouring myself two shots of vodka with orange juice in the morning to start my day. I knew the day that I found the hair of the dog, um, it was a good thing and a bad thing. Because for once, the sugar low, the physical peace... Uh, by then, I was drinking straight booze, vodka, because, oh boy, they won't smell vodka off me. Here I am running the food bank at charity, and I couldn't wait till the whistle blew, so to speak. Uh, but I'd start nipping at lunch hour, and then at the end, the last three and a half months, nipping in the mornings to get me through till lunch hour, and then to get me through till the end of the day. And I'd hit it so hard at the end of the day, drinking alone. An old George Thorgood song, you know, I drink alone. Oh, that's my song. He, that's cool. Um, and here I was, uh, my wife, uh, my, the one who led me into the food bank, a woman of great faith, unfortunately suffered from mental illness and uh, had to be hospitalized uh, back then for event, what eventually was diagnosed as schizophrenia. So by age five, and again, that's why I was numbing so hard. That one hit me hard why I started hitting the booze hard again. Um, she uh, she had to be hospitalized, so I was raising my daughter on uh, by myself from the age of five on. We're very close to this day as a result. But that numbing that I was doing at night and eventually during the days was having an impact, and I could feel the wheels coming off, but I was under the throes of addiction. And until somebody's under the throes of addiction... Who other than an addict thinks, my God, at this pace, I'm going to kill myself. Um, I, I can't carry on at this pace. I better double my insurance policy so my daughter will be looked after, a 12-year-old hmm. and that. So that was a huge motivation was her. And I just woke up one morning with a bad hangover, and I remembered the wreckage of the day before, what I could remember. I'd shown up drunk at an Ottawa food bank event, a slurring my words, and I just felt my staff, the people we serve, but the people in that room that day were in shock that the guy running the food bank was up there drunk in front of the mic. And uh, that was my low point, my rock bottom that I said, I'm probably going to get fired for this. And I should have been, uh, possibly. Uh, or um, or I've, But I've disgraced myself just one time too many. And, uh, and I don't care anymore whether I'm fired or not. And I didn't. I need to sober up. And, and unfortunately, abstinence was just an unheard of con- uh, for people who suffer from addiction, Chris. So many of them, it's, I've got to get this under control. And that's all they think. I've just got to get it under control. And that's what kept me going for the last two years was I'll get it under control. I'm Peter. I win all my battles. I'll get it under control. No, pfft, I was melting down so hard. There was no way out other than sobriety. So I called the AA hotline. Uh, a gentleman called me back and uh, began a journey with him that turned around my life as he, sh- as, as he uh, 
showed me hope. And I've learned that with our people here. I'm not going to put you in purgatory. We're not going to put you in hell. We're not going to give you a miserable existence where you sit around drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes, as I thought these people from Alcoholics Anonymous were. Okay. You know, just yeah. somebody sitting around, oh, I wish I could drink again. Oh, I'm smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee, and the rest of my life I'm going to live in remorse. I went to my first AA meeting at his insistence until he could meet with me the next day. Uh, Peter G. was his name, 23 years of sobriety at the time. And I went to a meeting at noon. He found one for me and said, go to this meeting, start the journey now. And there were all these old timers. It was a teetotalers meeting off uh, Alta Vista Drive, a bunch of seniors. You know, I was in my 40s then. And uh, they were laughing and having a hoot and loving life. And most of them are sharing 30, 40 years of sobriety, people in their 70s and 80s. And they just have this zeal for life. And I thought, what the hell's going on here? You should be in hell. You should be in misery. You can't drink again. And I've learned liberated freedom. Take the chains off. So I share that with people that I lived a life where when I took my beautiful daughter, who's 10 or 11, to a movie theater, I'd be checking my watch, cursing the fact that I had to be at a theater with her because I couldn't have a drink there. There wasn't a bar and that instead of celebrating a beautiful moment being with my daughter, I don't even really care to golf now that I've sobered up. But back then I was into golf because they had beer carts and I could bring booze in my bag. And I realized I wasn't golfing because I enjoyed golf. And I just thought, hey, I've sport outdoors where I can drink and that. And and uh, I would choose golf courses by, no, 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 they, they, they have beer service there. The cart barely comes around. Let's not golf there. What a lifestyle. What a slavery to a, to a, a substance, to booze. And I realized so much of what I was doing was centered around, oh, I have to go to an event tonight. I guess I have to hold off drinking or I'll have a couple of nips before the event. But damn, I'm not going to get to drink till nine tonight. Oh, well, I guess I'll wait. What a horrible existence. What a horrible. And, and that's it. People have to realize that those suffering from addiction, those we see on the street, especially smoking crack pipes, there's no joy happening there. That's slavery to an addiction. That's numbing that's going on. And to break those chains, to break free, to start sucking in clean air, as I do to this day, I see life through a clean set of eyes, through a mind that's uncluttered with the fog of addiction and the smoke and mirrors of addiction. It's a beautiful thing. I drink in this life every single day with gratitude. It's my morning prayers. It's my closing prayers at night. Uh, that I've been restored, I've been rejuvenated, I've been given this life, and I give back every day to everybody, people I touch, uh, friends, family, whichever. I'm just such a better person. I can be counted on, counted on now. I was becoming somebody who couldn't be counted on, who wasn't good for his word. If you don't have your word, what do you have uh, when you deal with people? And I'm that guy now that I always wanted to be through sobriety. 